Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to Fundamentally Mormon. I'm your host, Mark Lichtenwalter. This is Zion's Redemption Radio Network. Today we're going to be going back to March 21st, 2020. Listening to an episode that I created called Free Agency, Chapter 6 of the Kingdom of God, Volume 1. We'll listen to the reader program first, which is about 11 minutes long. We'll be on pages 70 to 74. And then we'll get into the reading and commentary portion of the program. And then I'll keep the lines open so that we can take any questions or comments. If you call in during the recorded portion of the program, or the pre-recorded portion of the program, you can ask me your questions or comments off-air in the screening room. If you call in after the pre-recorded portion of the program, you can call in and talk live. So let's get into this. This is Free Agency, Chapter 6 of Kingdom of God, Volume 1, pages 70 to 74. Free Agency, Chapter 6 of Kingdom of God, Volume 1. Pages 70 to 74, the God who gave us life gave us liberty at the same time. I have sworn upon the altar of God eternal hostility against every form of tyranny over the mind of man. What was the war in heaven all about? It wasn't about smoking nor drinking, nor which day was the true Sabbath, nor the kind of job or salary we would like. The dispute was not over where we would live nor who our friends would be. The battle was over freedom and free agency and dashed the same thing over which nearly all wars are fought. Wars usually begin with someone wanting to rule over someone else. That means one person must give up certain rights, privileges, and freedoms to the other. This may be necessary during employment, as we usually don't have a choice about hours, salary, location, conditions, etc., but we do have the freedom to change jobs, or be self-employed and dash or even unemployed. Throughout the world we have seen men rise in power, such as Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, Tojo, and Mao Zedong, who have enforced their evil powers on their own nation and others, as well. These men created rebellion, 
war and dictatorships after the manner of Lucifer. Those who are motivated by the desire to rule over others, primarily do so because of personal vanity. They believe they have superior intelligence and that others are incapable of adequately governing themselves. Men in governments often think they know what's best for the people and try to force everyone into a certain mold and dash virtually a slave system. Temporal slavery and spiritual slavery are very similar, as in both instances the leaders require total submission from their subjects. Lucifer wanted to guarantee spiritual salvation for all his subjects, but this could be achieved only by submission to him in his totalitarian system. Today we have the New World Order supporters, who also are promoting a totalitarian temporal salvation for the people. This concept of the New World Order is really not new, but was devised by Lucifer even before the world was inhabited. The difference between these two plans was a matter of individual free agency. And I, the Lord God, spake unto Moses, saying, that Satan, whom thou hast commanded in the name of mine only begotten, is the same which was from the beginning, and he came before me, seeing and dash behold, here am I, send me, I will be thy son, and I will redeem all mankind, that one soul shall not be lost, and surely I will do it, wherefore give me thine honor. But, behold, my beloved son, which was my beloved and chosen from the beginning, said unto me and dash father, thy will be done, and the glory be thine forever. Wherefore, because that Satan rebelled against me, and sought to destroy the agency of man, which I, the Lord God, had given him, and also, that I should give unto him mine own power, by the power of mine only begotten, I caused that he should be cast down. Satan's plan was to have everyone ruled by leaders similar to the childhood game of, follow the leader, the leader would rule by law and force, if necessary, and would have total control. People would trust him implicitly and would give him power over their salvation. Those who followed him would be saved and dash the only requirement being to relinquish their free agency. But without free agency, a man would be of no more worth than a piece of machinery. You don't punish or reward machinery, Naughty reward or punish someone who is forced to act like a robot. Joseph Fielding Smith explained the importance of free agency. Agency essential to salvation. The Lord has given to man his agency. That is a divine principle and dash it is inherent, born with us. We have it because the Lord gave it to us in the spirit world. It is the only principle upon which exhortation can come. It is the only principle upon which rewards can be given in righteousness. Satan's plan in the beginning was to compel. He said he would save all men and not one soul should be lost. He would do it if the Father would give him the honor and the glory. But who wants salvation when it comes through compulsion? If we have not the power within ourselves to choose and to act according to the dictates of conscience? What would salvation mean to you if you were compelled? And so, that great gift of agency has been given to us. 
prayed we may climb to the heights, we may enter the kingdom of God to sit on the throne and be exalted as sons and daughters of God, but we must be obedient. The devil knew that if he presented the reality of his program, it would sound terrible. If people knew how miserable they would be without freedom, no one would join. So the devil had to camouflage and lie about his plan of salvation. According to Urson Pratt, if Satan had been permitted to carry out his plan it would either have destroyed the agency of man, so that he could not commit sin, or it would have redeemed him in his sin and wickedness without any repentance or reformation of life. If the agency of man were destroyed, he would only act as he is acted upon, and consequently he would merely be a machine, and his actions would have neither merit or demerit, so far as he was concerned, and could neither be punished nor rewarded, and would produce neither misery nor joy. Destroy the agency of man, and you destroy the mainspring of his happiness. One of the main differences between those who seek to do evil and those who choose to be righteous is their idea of what brings true happiness. For example, the criminal thinks he will be happy by stealing worldly things from others. The righteous think they will be happy by honest work and serving others. Omer explained that wickedness never was happiness, but sometimes it takes several bad experiences for people to learn such a simple lesson. Wherefore, men are free according to the flesh, and all things are given them which are expedient unto man. And they are free to choose liberty and eternal life, through the great mediation of all men, or to choose captivity and death, according to the captivity and power of the devil. Nephi, the devil made hell sound like heaven, and he made heaven sound like hell. The devil's proposition for a perfect society was probably described in the same way that Paul Harvey described a little paradise island. He said in effect, have you ever been so tired of your hustling, rushing, hectic society that you just wanted to get away to some little island where you didn't have to worry about all the daily problems? On that little island there would be no need to worry about obtaining food or clothing or housing. There were no unions, salesmen, telephones or business problems to keep you awake at night. It would be a little island where you didn't have to work, struggle with bills, taxes, nor business competition. There were no worries about paying for utilities, insurance, doctors, dentists, or car repairs. Doesn't it sound like paradise? He went on to say that there was just such an island and dash it was called Alcatraz. It had a wonderful security system, and everything was taken care of for you. The only cost for living there was one's liberty. Free agency was the most important gift from God to his children. No one was to be denied that right and dash in their pre-mortal life or here on earth. Even the devil and all his hosts enjoy those same rights. Wilfred Woodruff stated, The Lord has never yet taken from Lucifer, the son of the morning, his agency. He still holds it and will hold it until he is bound with the keys of death and hell. 
so if the war in heaven was fought over the principle of free agency, how greatly we should value that gift here, and not just willingly relinquish it to some other mortal, as Satan promoted in his plan in the pre-existence. Chapter 7 Two Kings and Two Kingdoms Okay, so <clears throat> that was the reader portion of the program. Now we're going to listen to the full episode of Free Agency, Chapter 6 of Kingdom of God, Volume 1, pages 70 through 74. This is episode 244 of Fundamentally Mormon. And this episode was created March 21st, 2020. It's about 43 minutes long. Thank you for listening. You have put a new song in my mouth. A song of praise. A sound that resonates that all of heaven and earth may worship you. We tread the hills to meet with you, to see your majesty in all that surrounds us. For it speaks and displays the eternal God of ages, creator, author, victor. In love, you established an everlasting covenant with your people, and it's your love that captivates us. As children of the King, we rush in as waves unrestrained, overcome, overwhelmed, that the King crowned in glory and splendor would reach down to place a crown upon our heads. So we raise our banner, the banner we boldly stand under, the banner of Jesus Christ, from dusk to dawn, from age to age, your praise resounds in all the earth, deliverer, redeemer, ruler of an everlasting kingdom that cannot be shaken. We trust in the name of Christ Jesus, its only king, forever. Welcome to Zion's Redemption Radio. This is Fundamentally Mormon. I'm your host, Mark Lichtenwalter. The guest call-in number is 917-889-8827. That's 917-889-8827. You can find this at blogtalkradio.com forward slash fundamentally mormon. And the text will also be posted on my Facebook wall at facebook.com forward slash L-A-Z-U-R-U-S 1977. You can also find the text and the audio to this radio program on iTunes at Fundamentally Mormon and in the different Facebook groups that I am an admin of. Some of those groups are LDS Last Days Prophecy and Gospel Discussions, LDS Gospel Mysteries, Latter-day Unity, and others. You can find the pages that I admin also on my Facebook wall. And if you enjoy this program, please friend request me or follow me. And 
uh, make me one of your close friends. We try to put out as many episodes as we can during the week. But I'm thankful for you to be here today. Let's get right into the reading today. We are going to be reading out of Ogden Kraut's books. You can find his books for free to read online at ogdenkraut.com. That's O-G-D-E-N-K-R-A-U-T.com. That's O-G-D-E-N-K-R-A-U-T.com. Shalom Alakim, this is Mark Lichten Walter. This is the 21st day of March 2020, and tonight we're going to be continuing on with reading uh, Kingdom of God, Volume 1. We're in Chapter 6, starting on page 70 and going through 275, and the chapter title is Free Agency. And we're just going to get right into the reading. This, this, uh, chapter isn't as long as the last one, so we should be able to get through it probably about an hour, maybe less. All right, let's just get right into the reading. Thank you, everyone, for listening. The God who gave us life gave us liberty at the same time. Uh, And this is from Wisdom of Thomas Jefferson. Quote, I have sworn upon the altar of God eternal hostility against every form of tyranny over the mind of man. And quote, Wisdom of Thomas Jefferson, pages 22 and page 182. What was the war in heaven all about? It wasn't about smoking, nor drinking, nor which day was the true Sabbath, nor the kind of job or salary we would like. The dispute was not over where we would live, nor who we would be friends with. The battle was over freedom and free agency, the same thing uh, over which nearly all wars are fought. Wars usually begin with someone wanting to rule over someone else. That That means one person might give up certain rights, privileges, and freedoms to the other. This may be necessary during times of employment as we, are usu- as we usually don't have a choice about the hours, salary, location, conditions, etc. of which we work. But we do have the freedom to change jobs or to be self-employed or even unemployed. Throughout the world, we have seen men rise in power, such as Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, Tajo, or Mao Zedong, who have enforced their evil powers on their own nations and others as well. These men created rebellion, war, and dictatorship after the manner of Lucifer, or actually after the manner of Satan, because we've talked about this before. Lucifer was the title he had, which means bringer or bearer of light and truth, and he became Satan. So uh, he had that Lucifer title stripped from him and was called Satan after that, and another was chosen to be the bearer of light and truth. Page 71. Those who are motivated by the desire to rule over others primarily primarily do so because of personal vanity. They believe they have superior intelligence and that others are incapable of inadequately governing themselves. And we see that even with our own politics of the last administration, Obama, he talked about that we didn't have the right to be free. 
Um, and, and he tried to implement rules where uh, they could take our freedoms away from us. And this actually is what the Democratic Party is trying to do at this time in the history of our, our nation and uh, in this earth at this time. Anyway, continuing on. In gov- men in gov- I, I got to say something. <laughs> A lot of things that the Democrats are trying to do they seem really good. But in order for them to implement their changes, they have to take away uh, the rights and freedoms of others to do them, a lot of them. It's like the Arabs out in the desert, whenever a storm would come, they knew that if they allowed the camel to stick its nose underneath the wall of the tent, that that camel would inch its way in until there was only room for the camel inside the tent and everybody else was forced out so they knew that they shouldn't even give the camel an inch and it's the same thing with with these socialist communistic uh rulers that want to do all these great things but satan he wants to give you nice things too but it's not really to help you it's to bring you into bondage and to take away your rights and your freedoms away from you it's like with drugs i mean you start out smoking cigarettes as i did when i was 12 years old and and then you start drinking a little bit and then you start doing other things and you want to try you know just a little weed isn't going to hurt and then you start spicing your weed with cocaine or with uh, other other drugs and then you get into to harder drugs and the reason i know this is because between the ages of 12 to 19 years old um that was the path i i chose uh, i was on my own by the time i was 16 not not because i left home but because the people who were t- in charge of taking care of me they actually moved away when i was at work they pulled me out of school that uh, was one month before the end of 10th grade. Never went back to high school. Um, they pulled me out of school and put me in uh, a place, uh, a mobile home, single-wide mobile home in Kaysville, Utah. And then it was a month or two later, I came home from work and they were gone. Uh, And they said on the the counter, actually, there was a note that said that I was their responsibility. So I started drinking a lot. Um, And then uh, luckily, uh, I was able to get into a thing called Job Corps, where I was able to get trade training. I got my GED. um, And I, I got that. And then when I got out, Um, When I was 18, I was really depressed uh, because of what I had been through. And I started drinking and smoking again. And I actually smoked the whole time I was in job course. Something interesting, when you are on a federal facility, at least back then, like we could buy cigarettes and smoke them on campus when we were 16. And when I got out of Job Corps, I started drinking and smoking and using drugs to escape uh, my my depression, basically. And I got into um, smoking weed with cocaine laced in it and then 
got into crack and uh, did some other things. So I understand how little things lead to bigger things and they lead to bigger things. And it's kind of like the camel and the, uh, the nose of the camel in the side of the tent. You know, you start letting certain things come into your society and uh, these people will keep on pushing these good things to help society. But what they're really trying to do is to gain power and control over your lives. And um, I'm completely against that. Uh, at this time of my life, I just, um, I see how, how wicked it can be. Uh, before the Democrats tried to do all these social programs, you had churches that would help people. Like today, I go to a church that um, I am a Mormon, and I believe in Joseph Smith, but because of the hostility of the church in Emory County, we do not attend the Mormon church, which I really miss. But um, we just don't put ourselves in that situation, especially with what happened over the last couple of years uh, in Orangeville, Utah, which is a town right by uh, Castlebell and near Huntington. And we still live in the area, but we live away from that stake with the hostile stake president and the hostile bishop and the hostile ward members. So a lot of... Uh, they spread a lot of rumors about me that weren't true. And so anyway, but so we go to a Pentecostal church now, and I really love their philosophy. Their their mission statement is love God, love people, change the world. And they really try to do that. They have um, drug and alcohol, nar uh, narcotics anonymous um, programs. They're called Celebrate Recovery. They do food pantries in East Carbon and in Price, and they are always trying to help out the people around the community. And the pastor there, he teaches pretty much correct principles. There's some things that I could say, could argue with him about, but I don't. Um, but I do talk, I do talk um, when I go to the Sunday school classes, and, and I enjoy their um, companionship um, and I don't even know why I got on that topic but I I miss going to the LDS church it's just that for some reason uh, the LDS church and the stake president in um, the Castledale stake was pretty hostile towards me when we first moved down and even before we moved down I used to bring the mail down and uh, the postmaster in Farron, Utah, which was my second to last stop every day, um, she, well, I said some things which started rumors. And, like, before you knew it, like, the whole county knew about me, and I started having major problems with different postmasters and different um, post offices. Uh, some of them weren't so bad, like the postmaster in Castle Dell. He could care less about what he heard about me. He liked me personally. Um, and that, you know, there were some postmasters and, and workers up in Price where I would uh, bring all of Carbon County's mail when I was uh, coming down to Carbon to deliver their mail, Carbon County. But then others were very hostile. Uh, it was part of the reason they started driving a coal truck because one of the, the senior carriers there at the post office in Price, her husband owned a couple of trucks and they had a spot that 
that they could allow me to drive. And so I, I quit doing the post office, which was kind of hard. I mean, I was making uh, $26.80 an hour, I think $26.87 an hour doing the post office. And I sometimes, like the other day, I had to go get the truck fixed and I worked uh, 13 to 14 hours, somewhere in between 13 and 14 hours the day that I had to get the truck fixed, uh, uh, once in the shop, and then the other time the the, uh, the, uh, the owner of the truck had to come out. I made $8.83 an hour <laughs> that day, and there's other days when I got to deal with snow or other problems, and I would make like 10 or $15 an hour. Uh, if I'm really lucky, I might make up to 23 but we get paid by the load, so we don't get paid for sitting around, even if the trucks broke down. But Anyway, like I said, I don't know why I got into all of that, but let's get back to the reading and try not to get off on so many weird tangents again. Many in government often think they know what's best for the people, and they try to force everyone into a certain mold, virtually a slave system. Temporal slavery and spiritual slavery are very similar, as in both instances, the leaders require total submission of their subjects, Satan wanted to guarantee, well, Lucifer at that time before he lost his title, Lucifer wanted to guarantee spiritual salvation for all of his subjects, but this could be, this could be achieved only by submission to him and his totalitarian system. Today we have the New World Order supporters who are promoting a totalitarian temple salvation for the people. This concept of the New World Order is really not new, but was devised by Lucifer even before the world was inhabited. The difference between these two plans was a matter of individual agency, free agency. And I, the Lord, and this is, uh, this is Moses chapter 4, and I, the Lord, God, or Jehovah, your Elohim, spake unto Moses, Moshe, saying that Satan, whom thou hast commanded in the name of mine only begotten, is the same which was from the beginning. And he came before me, saying, Behold, here am I, send me, and I will be thy son, and I will redeem all mankind, that one soul should not be lost, and surely I will do it, wherefore give me thine honor. See, he wanted to be the redeemer. He wasn't satisfied with his role as the light bearer or the witness. He thought that he should take Yeshua's place or who the Gentiles called Jesus Christ's place. And that wasn't his place to take. It was the Father's to give and Yeshua is ready for that role. Continuing on. But behold, my beloved son, which was my beloved and chosen from the beginning, said unto me, Father, thy will be done, and the glory be thine forever. Wherefore, because that Satan rebelled against me and sought to destroy the agency of man, which I, the Lord God, have given him, and also that I should give unto him mine own power, by the power of mine only begotten, I caused that he should be cast down. Moses chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. We're on page 72. 
Satan's plan was to have everyone ruled by a leader similar to the childhood game of follow the leader. The leader would rule by law and force if necessary and would have total control. People would trust him implicitly and would give him power over their salvation. Those who followed him would be saved, would be saved, the only requirement being to relinquish their free agency. But without free agency, a man would be of no more worth than a piece of machinery. See, in order to progress, we have to go through through all kinds of different stuff. We have to go through hard things. We have to go through easy things. We have to experience all kinds of stuff. And in order for us to progress and to learn, we had to have our free agency to learn and to grow. So uh, real quick, I am sitting here at my wife's school. It is 11.40 at night on the 21st of March, 2020. And I helped her set up so the, the kids aren't in school anymore. But they're still being taught. They're doing this homeschool type of thing, but she still has to teach the kids. And she wanted to make a bunch of videos. So I helped her uh, in her classroom to make uh, a bunch of videos and to set up a backdrop and everything so that she could do this stuff. And she's in there right now taking care of that business. And I'm sitting out here right by her door in our car. And I am watching about one, two, three, four, five, six, six deer eating the grass on the playground about maybe about 50 feet from the car. <laughs> and, and now they're all looking at me because we have a hybrid and the, the, I have to have the heater on because it's 37 degrees outside. And so because we have a hybrid, the car turns on and off on its own and it's turned on and all the deers like pop their head up and looked over at me and I've got my headlights on. Uh, so they know I'm sitting over here, but it's kind of cool. I just, you know, you never know where I'm going to be broadcasting from because I could be anywhere. Part of the reason I don't do live streams right now is because I, well, we can't, uh, it's just, the internet problem and now the kids are home all day long and they're using the internet to do schoolwork and my wife is using the internet to do her classroom work for teaching her first graders so it's difficult anyway and then I can do these these podcast recordings by calling into the studio and uh and that's what I'm doing right now so I just thought it was kind of cool I'm sitting here watching all these deer walking around and just eating the grass in the playground. Anyway, let's see if we can get back on track here. I mean, I am so horrible at doing this. My wife, when she comes on and reads, she just reads. And she doesn't give hardly any commentary. And I understand that's probably the best way to do it. But that's not who I am. And I'm a truck driver and I talk and I like to add details and I go off on tangents and you can imagine how my companions were when I was on a mission because I would go off on tangents and they'd be like, stick to the script. Well, I had my own way to teach and I was actually more successful in my mission than any of the other missionaries so much to the point where when 
I called back uh, to the mission field because I found out some medical bills hadn't been paid when I was covered under the church's insurance. I called back three years later after everybody that was in my mission at the time was gone. I think the president was still president tour. And when I called the mission office, I told them who I was. Everybody in the mission office knew me because I was that effective as a teacher. Of course, I was a Baptist when, when I met the missionaries and I converted and everything. So I kind of understood how to talk to Baptists and I served my mission in Macon, Georgia back in the late 90s. Anyway, all right, people, let's see here. Right, let's get back to the reading. But without free agency, a man would be of no more worth than a piece of machinery. You don't push or you don't punish or reward machinery, nor do you reward or punish someone who is forced to act like a robot. Joseph, Smildings, Joseph Fielding Smith explained that the important the importance of free agency when he stated agency essential to salvation the lord has given to man his agency that that is a divine principle it is inherent born with us we have we have it because the lord gave it to us in the spirit world it is the only principle upon which exaltation can come it is the only principle upon which rewards can be given in righteousness satan's plan in the beginning was to compel he said he wanted to save all men not that not one soul should be lost he would do it if the father would give him the honor and the glory but who wants salvation when it comes through compulsion if we have not power within ourselves to choose and to act according to the dictates of our conscience, what would salvation mean if you were uh, compelled? And so that great gift of agency has been given to us. By it, we may climb to the heights. We may enter the kingdom of God and sit on a throne and be exalted as sons and daughters of God, but we must be obedient. Doctrines of Salvation, Joseph F. Smith, page page 70. I'm going to try to, it's really hard to see the text because it's so small on my screen and I have tried everything to make the text bigger, so I'm going to try to open up ogdencrowd.com and just read it right off the internet and I know that when I read it right off ogdencrowd.com I can actually see it better it's going to take me a minute to get to it though let's see I'll find in page uh, find in page and then we'll do a bracket where's those brackets at Sometimes, so all right, here 
which are expedient unto man, and they are free to choose liberty and eternal life through the great medium of all men, or to choose captivity and death according to the captivity and power of the devil. Second Nephi chapter 2, verse 27. The devil made hell sound like heaven, and he made heaven sound like hell. The devil's proposition for a perfect society was probably described in the same way that Paul Harvey described a little paradise island. He said, in effect, have you ever been so tired of your hustling, rushing, hectic society that you just wanted to get away and uh, to some little island where you didn't have to worry about all the daily problems? On that little island, there would be no need to worry about obtaining food or clothing or housing. We're on page 74. There were no unions, salesmen, telephone, and business problems to keep you awake at night. It would be a little island where you didn't have to work, to struggle with bills, taxes, nor business competition. There were no worries about paying for utilities, insurance, doctors, and dentists, nor car repairs. Doesn't it sound like paradise? He went on to say that there was such an island. It was called Alcatraz. It had a wonderful security system, and everything was taken care of for you. The only cost for living there was your liberty. Free agency was the most important gift from God to his children. No one was to be denied that right in their premortal life or here on earth. Even the devil and all his hosts enjoy those same rights. Wilfred Woodruff stated, quote, The Lord never has yet taken from Satan or Lucifer, the son of the morning, which uh, drives me nuts. Lucifer was the son of the morning. That is a title that was stripped from him. He became Satan, who is not a son of the morning. He is not the evening star or the last witness or the witness of the Father. Two completely different titles. It's like, you know, when, when you have a title of something and then you're stripped from that title, like if you're an officer, if you're a sheriff and you do something to be stripped of that title, nobody's going to call you sheriff anymore because you're not a sheriff. You're probably, if you did something to be stripped of that title, you're probably a convict. You know, we'll call you that from now on. So, like a sheriff does something to be stripped of their title of sheriff, and it's so bad that they go to prison and they become a felon or a convict or an ex-con, well, <laughs> you don't call them sheriff anymore, right? So why do they call them Lucifer? Okay, this is awesome. The herd of deer, there's babies with them. They're little baby fawns. I see one. I don't know if there's another. But these deer out here in the, in the Rocky Mountain West, they actually, a lot of times, I've seen them uh, this time of year, and they'll have uh, twins with them, following them around. Oh, I love it. I love watching the babies. Uh, when I worked out in the oil fields, in my tangents, when I worked out in the oil fields, I worked on an Indian reservation for the Ute tribe a lot. And they've got uh, wild feral cattle and uh, deer and elk and moose and bears and foxes and 
and um, bobcats and uh, oh I've heard of cougars being out there I never saw them although I have a funny story about that uh, where my boss climbed up to the top of a tank to, to check the measurements uh, in this inside the tank for the condensate and the oil and the water and there was, there was a cougar sitting up on top of the tank just sunbathing uh, there was three tanks put together and he like slowly backed down you know but um, they are there's feral horses out there and all kinds of animals and they would all have their babies in um, in the spring and then uh, they would also have sheep herders bring their their sheep out there and they'd give birth to the babies while they were out there in the spring and you'd have these bouncing lambs bouncing all over the place up and down the hills and cliffs and oh I loved it and it's kind of funny because um, so my name is Mark Lichtenwald for my initials are ML and the there was one large group of sheep where the sheep herders spray painted on each sheep to keep track of their sheep ML so everybody uh, teased me about how they were my babies <laughs> oh I love it anyway sorry I'm distracted but all right let's see here Oh, and we're almost done anyway, so. The Lord never has taken from Lucifer, the son of the morning, his free agency. He still holds it and will hold it until he is bound with the keys of death and hell. Discourses of Wilford to address page 217. And then the last paragraph here. So if the war in heaven was fought over the principle of free agency, how greatly we should value that that gift here and not just willingly relinquish it to some other mortal as Satan promoted in his plan in the pre-existence. So, and that's why I, I don't like politics and I don't like Republicans for everything and I don't like Trump for everything, but I... I see the lies that they say, the Democrats try to twist everything, and it's all about politics and power. And I see how they have, uh, I'm a student, I am a student of history, and I see how they have lied uh, to get their tax proposals and stuff. You know, there's, there's things that uh, back in the 20s and 30s, they talked about, oh, just we're going to pass these bills for these relief funds and all this. And, and as soon as these things are taken care of, we're not going to worry about it anymore. And we're going to, uh, you know, to stop the taxes. And they never did. And they never do. As soon as they got their nose in the, in the tent, they keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And that's the way it is, and that's why it, the way it always has been. So, which is really unfortunate. Anyway, um, so that's the end of that reading for today. Um, tomorrow, oh, come on. Tomorrow we're going to come back and, wow, I don't even know where I am anymore. Where in the world am I? Oh, my gosh, it flipped, it flipped to more completely different than where I was uh, to begin with. Let's see, so we're on chapter six, and it's got me in chapter nine now. It doesn't matter. Anyway, let me check to see if we have any guest callers, anybody with questions or comments. 
and no we don't. And it looks like we haven't even been on for a whole hour, so, uh, you know, not every program is going to be an hour long. Some of them are three hours long and some of them are, you know, 30 minutes long. So anyway, uh, tomorrow we will come back on with uh, Kevin Crotton Friends at 9, no, 8 o'clock Mountain Standard Time, which is 7 Pacific. And uh, we'll come on and it'll probably be about a two-hour program, which is usually how long they're on the on the call for. So I hope that you enjoy the program. Thank you for listening, everyone. Take care. God bless. And goodbye. Okay, so that was episode 244, uh, which you can find at blogtalkradio.com forward slash fundamentally mormon or I think it's easier to find it on iTunes just go to fundamentally mormon podcast well it's a podcast called fundamentally mormon anyway that's episode 244 Um, also if you follow me on my youtube channel I post old uh, programs on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash user forward slash God is my compass, and the channel name is also Fundamentally Mormon. Um, <clears throat> this is one that I, what I do is as I'm driving at night after my wife goes to bed and I'm not talking to her anymore, I'll put on these. Uh, podcasts on my iPhone and I will listen to them and while I'm listening to them I screen record them so that I can edit the uh, well I edit it partly uh, just the, the screen recording and then I post them on YouTube and this one I actually recorded last night um, and the reason I do that is because um, I have actually done over 1,000 two to four hour podcasts since January of 2014, and uh, I don't know when it was, in 2016 or 2017, um, I think it was 2016, I actually... uh, started receiving a lot of death threats because uh, one of the people that was part of my ministry, um, I had excommunicated him in July of 2016 as per the revelation that God gave me to uh, to separate myself from these two individuals. Um, I didn't know until I think it was like three months later that they had started a a little club, <laughs> I guess, called Knights of the Crystal Blade, and they had uh, done some things that were really bad. And in fact, um, it wasn't until I think it was like three months later that one of the individuals that I excommunicated from the Church of the Living Messiah Ministries, um, he actually kidnapped his own kids and was hiding them. And there was this huge Amber Alert, and the other individual. 
Um, he was hiding the kids, and they took the one guy into custody, and then they eventually found uh, the kids and um, and this other individual down in Burl, Utah, on Eugene Richardson's property, and. I don't think he realized what was going on either. In fact, Eugene Richardson was in Oregon, or he was coming back from Oregon when all of this stuff went down. And he told them um, they had bought some property near his property, but they didn't have water on their property. And they were basically doomsday preppers. They believed that the, there was going to be a Muslim invasion and they had to prepare for the end of the world. And but they didn't have any water on their property, and Eugene told them, you know, if you need water, you can come get it off my property at my well. Anyway, they were hiding on his property, uh, or one of them was hiding the kids on his property. So <laughs> Eugene's neighbor calls him up and he says, "Hey," and Eugene was in Idaho coming back from Oregon. He says, hey, what's going on at your property? And he's like, well, I don't know what's going on. And he said, the neighbor said, there's helicopters and there's police everywhere. And these two men were hiding, well, the one guy was hiding um, all the kids on this guy's property. And it, it later turned out that these individuals were convinced that they had to be married and that... Um, it gets really sick after that. That it was the end of the world and they had to be married. So the only females that they had were their own children. So the one guy married the daughters to the, the other guy. And that guy married his daughters to the other guy. And both are actually sitting in prison now, one for 46 years to life and one for 26 years to life. Uh, one is in Gunnison, Utah, and the other is in uh, a point of the mountain in, uh, what's that town called? I don't know, it's the main prison complex in Utah, and he's actually in the mental asylum there. But... Um, because of that, and because I was associated with them before they went off the deep end, um, I had to shut my old radio program down, and that was called The Kingdom of God or Nothing. And Blog Talk Radio actually, even though um, what they were doing had nothing to do with me, um, Blog Talk Radio actually deleted all of my episodes. Um, completely and so you can go to iTunes or to blogtalkradio.com forward slash the kingdom of God or nothing and look up that old podcast and it'll say that you know that it's there and everything but when you try to go play it any of them they're all deleted so um, because of that mess I started receiving a ton of death threats and so that's why I started this new program called Fundamentally Mormon. Um, now, the, the FBI never implicated me or even, they never even talked 
to me because I was completely separated from them. And I'd given these two individuals a rev- the revelation that God told me to to have nothing further to do with them. And the only contact that I that I had with them after that was to give them that revelation and also when I guess when they were running from the police they were trying to come over to my property and I just all I did was I sent them the revelation again and told uh, and I didn't say anything I just sent the revelation where God told me not to have anything to do with them at all um, God called the one and his name was John Colthorpe or is John Colthorpe he's still alive he's the one in Gunnison um he called him a Judasco, and I kept telling the other one, Sam Schaefer, that this man was a Judasco, not to have anything to do with him. But um, he wouldn't listen to me, and I saw that Sam was going off the deep end. And I kept trying to tell him, you know, you're receiving these revelations from Satan, and they were they weren't revelations about what they eventually did. But there were really screwed up revelations about how uh, how Hitler, Adolf Hitler, was like a true prophet, and all of this other weird stuff. He got a translation called the Book of Nazor, where he was in the in that translation revelation or whatever you want to call it. um, He was rejecting the God of the Old Testament and saying that God, the Eternal Father, is a bird god. And just, like, some really crazy stuff. And they kept going off on flat earth stuff. And they just really went off the deep end. And I kept trying to recover Sam and tell him, you know, you need to pray about these and get confirmation of the Spirit because these are not from God. And, you know, and I I would teach him, I tried teaching him, you know, how to receive correct confirmation of the Spirit, because when the veil is opened to me or you or uh, Sam or anyone else, um, you can receive revelations and translations and visions from the good side and the bad side. And you need to be diligent in seeking confirmation of the Spirit so you can know that what you are believing is true. So, anyway, um, so I now screen record all of... I try to... I didn't think of this until, like, six months ago, maybe. But I try to screen record all of my old episodes and put them on YouTube because YouTube doesn't delete my content. And I also don't get death threats on my YouTube channel like I did on the other stuff. So, anyway... um, I guess we can go to the live portion of the show right now. This has been a pre-recorded portion um, going over episode 244, which is easily found at, at iTunes by looking up Fundamentally Mormon. <coughs> Excuse me. But uh, I've added, you know, the first part, the reader portion of the program to this um, to go along with the format that I have been doing on my other programs more recently within the last, I don't know, four months maybe. Anyway, so uh, the guest call-in number is 917-889-8827. And if we have anybody who wants to ask any questions or any comments, 
on any of the stuff I've talked about, anything with theology, any of that, um, feel free to call in and we will go live on the air. And uh, if you have any questions that you don't want to go live, then uh, there is a chat room at blogtalkradio.com forward slash fundamentally Mormon. Also, uh, we go live. It's pre-recorded, but I'm still going to be on the air live, um, especially behind the scenes in the screening room. If you call in during the recording, I can talk to you in the screening room off the air, or you can wait until the end of the pre-recorded stuff and the end of the readings, and you can go live with any questions or comments at 917-889-8827 and we do this program Monday through Friday from 6 p.m. until we're finished or around 8 p.m. So, All right, well, I guess we'll be done with this pre-recorded portion of the program and we'll go to the live unless there's nobody there and then we'll end the program. So thank you for listening. Take care, everyone. God bless. Okay, so there's nobody in the chat room or uh, that has called in. Um, One thing I wanted to say, just expounding a little bit upon John Colthorpe and Samuel Warren Schaefer. Um, Samuel Warren Schaefer was a patriarch in the Church of the Living Messiah before he began to fall. But John Colthorpe was baptized by Samuel Warren Schaefer into the Church of the Living Messiah, but I never approved of him being part of the church. So anyway, and then the whole thing, when uh, when I communicated them both in July of 2016, uh, that's when they went completely off the deep end. And the reason why the FBI never questioned me about it, it was because I didn't have any ties to them at that point. But John had kept very thorough journals, and he kept the revelation that I gave to them, uh, notifying them of their excommunication. And uh, the, the, S, or not the, LBS church, the FBI never even talked to me about any of the stuff that that happened between John and Samuel Warren Schaefer. But the newspapers, since they decided to not actually do journalism, all they did was they got onto the Internet and they saw that I was the leader, or am the leader of the, excuse me, uh, Church of the Living Messiah and the creator of the Kingdom of God or Nothing podcast, and they saw that um, Samuel Warren Schaefer was once part of my group, and so they called me the leader of the Knights of the Crystal Blade, and there were a lot of lies that were um, perpetuated by Nate Carlisle of the Salt Lake Tribune, and um, they said that we believed in uh, child brides because in one of Sam's revelations before he fell, he talked about, it wasn't a revelation, I think it was just a teaching, that all God's children should be married. And they considered the fact that he said God's children 
as little children, and that's not what he was saying. He was saying all of God's children, which you can be 112 if you can live that long and still be a child of God. Anyway, but they twisted things up, and I looked into a defamation lawsuit, and the lawyers I talked to wouldn't take the case. Uh, eventually, they deleted those things from their website at the Salt Lake Tribune, but at, after the Boston Herald and the Miami Times and newspapers all over the world had published what they had written, so by that time, everything was out, and that's when I started getting all the death threats because people are ignorant of hell, and that's when I realized more sure that the mainstream media lies to sell their bullshit and uh and what they and what Nate Carlisle did was extremely dishonest and uh I hope he burns in hell for what he's done and I would like to watch him burn for a little while before I forget about him so anyway I guess that doesn't make me Christ like but whatever anyway um so it is what it is and uh that's part of the reason why uh, the Kingdom of God or Nothing podcasts don't exist anymore. And that's part of the reason why, um, because Blog Talk Radio has done what they've done. Um, I am trying to upload each of my old podcasts from Fundamentally Mormon to YouTube to preserve them in case something happens like this again where they decide that they just don't like me. So I've been banned from AT&T and from Straight Talk and uh, I can't remember what the other phone service is because I used my phone to call into the program to do the, the radio recordings. And, um, and I would conference call with my wife um, into the studio and they said that we weren't allowed to conference AT&T did it anyway hold on stop Arius he's trying to eat my food I will let you have some in a minute but you need to stop anyway um, but uh, like on the packaging that I used to buy the phone for AT&T after straight talk just banned me even though I just paid my bill I'd never had any problems with them but they banned me because some Mormon, uh, well, I believe some Mormon didn't like my content and they found out that I was using a cell phone to call into my radio show. They banned me over that. Um, and then AT&T, uh, even though the phone that I bought down in Texas that was specifically an AT&T phone uh, stated on the packaging that you could conference call with up to 10 people, uh, when they decided to ban, they said I wasn't allowed to conference call, which is a lie because their packaging on the phone that was an AT&T phone said I could conference call up to 10 people. So anyway, uh, you know, if you raise your head up to uh, threaten the devil's kingdom, he's going to come after you using Mormons and Christians and legislatures and newspaper editors and so-called journalists um, which twist and lie and make all kinds of crap for uh, anybody who is a true prophet and uh, 
and they all think I'm crazy, and that includes a lot of people. And you know what? Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I haven't seen any of the stuff that I have seen. Uh, it was all a figment of my imagination, except um, my wife and my kids and my family members have all seen paranormal activity around me. They've all seen Satan, uh, my daughters and my little son. Um, they have seen um, light around me from time to time. Uh, they've met other people who have seen light emanating from me from time to time. Uh, my wife was with me at Nauvoo when we were going across the country rededicating a bunch of old LDS sites. And we went to Nauvoo, and they were doing a play. And after the play, this old man from Arizona, who was a missionary, came down with tears in his eyes. And he just wanted to shake my hand. And he said that he remembers me from the pre-existence, and he knows exactly who I am. And I've had those kind of experiences for a very long time. Lots of people recognize me, but they don't know why. That some recognize me and they know exactly who I am because the veil is thin for them. So, um, you know, this and countless of other experiences tell me I'm delusional, including uh, commanding the elements by the authority of the priesthood that God gave me, which is the fullness of the priesthood in 2003. Uh, you know, there's things that modern science and skepticism, they can't refute. So they'll call me names. And they'll try to twist everything that I say. And uh, you know what? They do it to their own detriment because God's the one that sent me. And I am his witness. And people can't accept that. Well, he told me if they can't accept me as the witness that I am, that he will not accept them, neither will Jesus Christ. So it is what it is. We are in the last days. I am the Davidic servant, just in case any of you were wondering. And uh, God is moving his chess pieces around, and there is a great big old war coming. And uh, those of you who actually listen to what I say and are obedient in the fact of gathering to Emory County, which is where God told me to tell people to gather, uh, God has a, a place preserved for us while the whole world burns around us and we'll be in the, in the desert places and in the mountains uh, where God has a place prepared for us. And he prepared that place probably when he created the earth. I don't know, but it's there and uh, it's completely hidden and uh, it's completely lovely. And there's water in the desert that comes out of the sandstone well, I think it's sandstone. I don't know what it is, but it's there, you know, and it's a place that is a place of preparation for the redemption of Zion so that Zion can be born in the wilderness, as Isaiah chapter 35 talks about. And uh, the only people who are going to be there are people who I show where it is. So, um, well, of course, there's uh, four other individuals who all know where this place is as well. And uh, I've shown a bunch of other people, but they know it by revelation. No, three. 
yeah, three other individuals, they know where the general location is by revelation because God told them that's where we'll be gathering. And I received it independent of them, and I know more specifics than they do. But it is the place where Zion will be born. And I don't know how long it'll be before all that happens, but it could all happen tomorrow, but it might take 10 years. I don't know. I'm just going to continue teaching and continue preparing people and continue baptizing people and restoring true priesthood to these people. And uh, I'll keep on marching forth. I've got my marching orders from God. So that's what I'm doing. That's what I've done. And that's what I'll continue to do. Anyway, and we, I have a place where people can question me. You know, they can come on my air hours a night, five nights a week, and question these things and talk about these things and learn. But even though so many are clinging for truth and searching in the darkness of the light, they don't know where they're going. But it's funny because in the scriptures it said a bright uh, light will break forth among the Gentiles that sit in darkness. Well, my name literally means light in the forest and where that name came from was eastern Germany up in the mountains in the forests in the dark forests my family had an inn and they used to put a candle out along the road and they called them the light in the forest and prophecy is literally fulfilled some people say light in the darkness which is what the prophecy is about a light breaking forth in darkness and um, Isaiah chapter 49 talks about uh, me being hidden in the palm of God's hand, but that I would sprinkle forth the words, uh, like God's words in the world. And you know what? That's how we're doing that with this program right here. So people who will say, oh, Joseph Smith isn't going to come back. Oh, the Davidic servant, he's not going to be here until everything falls apart. They have to ignore other scriptures, which says he will actually be among them. So there are so many Judas goats out there now it's just ridiculous. And uh and I bite my tongue because you know what? People who are led astray by Judas goats deserve to be led astray by Judas goats. So I'm going to end the program. It is Friday night, which is the beginning of Shabbat, which lasts until Saturday night, and then the Lord's Day begins Saturday night and goes to Sunday night. So we will be back on Monday night at 6 p.m., and we'll do uh, four live programs next week and then a flashback program on Friday. So that'll be five episodes next week. Anyway, thank you, everyone, for listening. Take care. God bless. And goodbye.
With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.